Welcome back, friends. Lost Garf here, and it's time for the newest Kirby's Dreamcast. Here we talk about everything Kirby, from the games to the people behind making Kirby, and the show Kirby right back at you. A main through line to the podcast will be the Kirby right back at you anime, as it was 100 episodes. But in time, we'll be going over every single Kirby game and other things like eventually the Kirby Cafe, Train Poo Poo Poo, just things like that. Talking about Sakurai himself, Iwata, and other members of HAL Laboratories, I'm sure. And HAL Laboratories itself. Also, uh, if you could, you can follow the uh, Kirby Dreamcast on Twitter, where we'll have it automatically tweet out about the podcast when episodes come out. And put out random reminder tweets as well, as soon as I figure out how to make a, a Twitter bot work for that. As far as big news goes, it's gotta be about Kirby Star Allies. It's getting their Wave 3 update on the 30th of November. It will have Magalore, Taranza, and Susie coming in as new allies. Also surprised, they announced that there's gonna be the three Jambastian Generals as allies as well. So that's pretty cool there, and there's gonna be a new mode as well. It's Shroud and Mystery what it's gonna be about, but it's apparently gonna be a harder mode. So that's gonna be a lot to play with there when it comes to just Kirby Star Allies, which is gonna be about a week before, uh, Smash Ultimate, so for those of you who play Kirby games, oh man, want to get that done before Ultimate comes out. Now in podcast news, I am making progress on the game episodes. I've already recorded all gameplay footage of Kirby's Dreamland, the first game. I'm now reading up on the history of HAL Laboratories and the game itself. I'm considering how I want to do this. The podcast episodes are meant to be about like 20 to 40 minutes, and I have no idea how long it's going to take to talk about HAL before the first game came out. So we'll see... Just how I do the episode dedicated to everything. Like, will I just have a HAL-only episode before Kirby? Or will it only be like 10 minutes so that I can fit in more information? I'm not sure. I'm going to have to just write out the script and record it all and just see how long it will be. Because Kirby was not the first HAL game. Because HAL was founded in 1980, which is 12 years before Kirby was born. So they had quite a few games under their belt before they hit big with Kirby. Random fact before we move on. They made multiple games based on Lolo Lo. And they also made a Ghostbusters game that only came out in Japan and in the PAL region. Okay, two more, two more. Satoru Iwata joined HAL while he was in university in 1980. He wasn't a founder, but he joined really early on, so he's basically there from the start. And Masahiro Sakurai joined HAL in 1989 and created Kirby when he was only 19 years old when he created Kirby. That's just... Wow. He was 19. Just think of that. For those of you who are younger, you could create something big right there at that age. For someone older like me, it's like, well, uh, still got time to make something great. So today's episode is about Kirby Right Back At You, focusing on Falala and Falalo. So let's talk about them. As you know, if you've seen them, they are the little blue ball guy and the little pink girl with the yellow ribbon on her head. And in the games, they're enemies of Kirby. In the anime, they're allies of Kirby. They fly around in the, in the anime. In the game, they can only walk around. I don't think I've ever seen them fly. The original names, though, are Lolo and La La. They were changed to Lolo Lo and La 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 for the games, and uh, Falala Fololo uh, for the English version of the anime. They had their own games called Agerland. These games were made by HAL Labs years before the creation of Kirby. They're on computer and on the NES. They have about five games they made before Kirby, and from what I can tell, there was only one game after the birth of Kirby, and it came back came out on Game Boy. And in that one, they have a child named Lulu. Now. Uh, in this episode, we'll learn their origins in the anime version. In the games, they walk around and move blocks and Gordos to hurt Kirby. They've been a boss against Kirby in quite a few games. But in the show, they're of course as floating allies, and they're a part of Tiff's family. So, the Japanese voice actors for Lolo and La 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 are Chiro Kanzaki for Lolo and Madoka Akita for La La La. When it comes to Chiro Kanzaki, their credits is mostly Kirby right back at ya. 
and also the anime's sister princess. They're the voice of Lolo, Blade Knight, Hana, and Ku in the Japanese version. Hana is the name of the mayor's wife, and that's all they've really done. For Madoka Akita, they voice Lalala, Sato, Honey, Hero's mom, Princess Rona's bodyguard, Scarfy, and the Twin Nuts. We'll see most of those characters later on if you don't recognize those names. Sato is Buttercup in the English version, and we'll see Buttercup in the next episode, because she's Chief Bookham's wife, and he'll be prominent in that episode. Any names you don't recognize will be in later episodes, like the Twin Nuts and stuff like that. She did voices in School Rumble and Love Hina, and that's about it. Now, for the English voices... They're both voiced by Veronica Taylor, and I did not know who this was, and oh my god, was I surprised. Veronica Taylor is a voice actor still active today. They're the voice of Ash Ketchum. They're the voice of Ash's mom, Delia Ketchum. They're the voice of Sailor Pluto in the Sailor Moon anime. They're the voice of Botan and Yukina from Yu Yu Hakusho, surprised me. Oh, they're also the voice of Mei in Pokemon. Think about that. She's the voice of two main characters in Pokemon for a couple seasons. That's a trip right there. Also the voice of April O'Neil in various Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoons, and also the voice of Nico Robin, Belmare, and Young Sanji in One Piece. And just lots and lots of random anime dubs as well. She's done a lot. I did not, did not see that coming. She's just had a very long career. A very good career as well. Starting off with four kids. Good for her. But in the anime, she's only Falala, Falalo, and Sirika. And we'll see Sirika in a later episode. Alright, so let's get to the episode. So today we're covering episode 9 of Kirby Grab Back Hatchet, which is called The Fofa Factor. And in the Japanese version, it's known as Lolo and La La La, Melody of Love. Interesting title there. And when it comes to Japanese version, just at the front of this, uh, they don't know what the heck they are to each other. In, in the American version, they assume they're like brother and sister. But in Japanese version, they're not sure what they are to each other. They don't know if they're twins, they don't know... If they're lovers, they don't know what they are at all. They have no idea what their origin is. So you're just seeing uh, so why it's called of love, but how they just come to the end of all this at the end of this episode when we learn their origin, it's interesting. So the episode starts with Falala and Fololo flying into King Dedede's castle and zipping by some Waddle Dees so fast it makes them spin around and they get dizzy. Here's a weird script change. In the Japanese version, they apologize for that. In the English version, they say nothing, which is a little rude right there. But so they get the King DDD and he summoned them because he wants them to go and get his fortune from the fortune teller. And so they both go to leave, but then they get stuck because Eskerkin's like, no, you only need one of you to go, the other one can stay here. In the English version, it just seems vindictive that they just want Falala to stay behind. In the Japanese version, they want Falala to stay behind because they want her to give King DDD a shoulder massage. And so the two just like, no, we don't want to do that. We, we've always been, been together. We want to stick together. So they want to go out to the fortune teller together. And they're like, well, no, your king's ordered you to split up. So you're going to split up. They're like, no, we're peanut butter and jelly is how they say in English. And King Dedede is like, well, make like oil and water and split up. They still refuse, though. And King Dedede just flips out. Their insistence is that they're the servants of Sir Ibram and Lady Like, So they don't fall under him. But he's like, they're his servants. so. They serve him as well, and they're not under the same protections as Sir Lady Like. I mean, as Sir Ibram and Lady Like's uh, children. So if they don't split up, he'll throw them out. So King Dedede's just really mean right here. It's very odd, but he is a jerk, so there you go. And then we get the awesome opener again, which I love this opener every time. I sit through and, and listen to it, watch it every time. For the, for the podcast, I watch these episodes like around four times, and I watch it every time. I just really like the opener. 
So after the opener, we cut to the pair being sad and holding hands while Tiff is talking with them about King Dedede threatening to throw them out. And Tiff laments that they can't do anything about the king, and that sucks. So then we cut to Tuff getting scolded by his mother for not wanting to do his homework. It's just nice to see some parenting in this show. Like, that's good. Like, the parents actually do something, because Ladylike, up to this point, has really just been there, and she's just been there to react to things, and that's it. She's just kind of been a kind of airhead character. But here we see her being a mother, and she's like, well, he doesn't get an allowance if he doesn't do his math homework. And Tuff's like, oh, that's not, that's not cool. And so Lady Light notes that, well, she's got to do the parenting. Like, if they don't discipline the kids, who will? And right when that happens, Falalo and Fulalo show up, and they ask, well, speaking of parents, where did they come from? And Sir Ibram tries to explain that they came from a stork, but the kids aren't buying it. Then they try to say they found them in a cabbage patch. Now, in the Japanese version, they say they found them in a bamboo shoot or in a peach garden. And that's, those are Japanese stories right there. So that's, uh, you get why they changed those out. But they just use the different fairy tales of birth just to explain uh, where they came from. But Tiff ain't taking it. She doesn't like the lie. She wants them to tell them the truth. They say they're old enough to take it. But in the end, the parents are just exasperated and they push the kids out of the room. And the kids are like, well, what the heck? And Tuff's like, am I off to look for homework? And she's like, yeah, yeah, you just go play. And there it is. They got out of the situation by just pushing the kids away because they don't want to talk about it. And the kid's just like, well, that's weird. And then they just walk off. And then we get to see the parents lament knowing that they knew that eventually they were going to get asked this question. Where did Falala and Falalo come from? And they have a flashback about it. Because what happened is years ago, back when Tiff was a baby, uh, they witnessed Falala and Falalo fall from the sky. And they saw King Dedede up above as well from like a rampart. So they see they fell from a rampart. They're not sure what's going on. And we'll find out in a later flashback, and they explain a bit here as well, is that Falala and Folalo were once a single monster named Fofa, named Lola in the Japanese version, and they got split in two and sold to King Dedede. And King Dedede didn't want them because they were useless monsters, and he made Cerebrum Ladylike take care of them. So they don't want to tell the truth because they feel it would break the hearts of Falala and Folalo. And, by the way, real quick, Baby Tiff is very cute, because they show Baby Tiff for a moment, she's cute. The parents are like, they want to maintain the secret. They don't want to tell them about Fofa. They hope they never hear the name Fofa. But to their surprise, Kirby was there, and he says Fofa. Their hearts will break if they ever learn the real story. Hmm. Let's just hope they never hear the name of Fofa. Fofa! And so that's a problem. But hey, at least that's the only F word Kirby knows, right? That's... That's a problem with the parents, but that could have been a bigger problem, I suppose. So we flash over to Waddle Dee delivering a scroll with King Dedede's fortune, and the fortune says, if you look for trouble, your trouble will double. King Dedede doesn't get it and asks if there's more, and all that's left is that King Dedede is past due on his fortune-telling bills, so bam, King Dedede actually hits Escargoon into the wall with a hammer. It says your account is past due. Pay up, you cheap tightwad. Ow! So that's not very nice. Esker Goon, which says this fun pun, which is... Oh, great. Just because I'm a snail, I get slugged. <laughs> I love the writing in this show. It's, it's so dad-level. I love it so much. And so King Dedede decides he's going to go order a new monster so we can get some respect that way. Now, this scene is a bit weird visually because uh, when Esker Goon's reading the fortune, King Dedede's walking around and he's in 3D. Well, Esker Goon's in 2D. And King Dedede walks into the foreground and background well, Escargoon's just right there. It's just such an odd-looking thing visually. 
Another thing interesting is the Japanese version of this. In the Japanese version, Escargoon looks at the fortune, he's like, oh, this isn't good, and then he asks King Didi if he'll be mad, and and, and King Didi's like, no, I won't be mad, and then Escargoon reads the fortune, then gets hit. While in this version, Escargoon reads out the scroll twice, in the English version. It's just interesting how they did the different versions, and I think I like the English one better on that, just flows better. And so, yep, King Didi goes to Nightmare Enterprises and calls for a monster. And Nightmare Enterprises says he's a preferred customer, so they're going to give him a really good monster with two weapons for free. Escargoon tries to warn about the fortune, but King Dedede just doesn't care. So King Dedede gets a new monster named Slice and Splice, and they can cut up and mix up enemies. So let's talk about Slice and Splice. So he's got a weird body to him. He's, he's got a big box for a body, and his face is on it. He's got big eyes, and he's just kind of got a nose going on there, but it's like the nose is just from the design. He doesn't actually have a nose. And it's just a box for a head as and a body. And he's got four legs and two arms. And he's just really lanky. He's just got long piston arms, lo long piston legs. And then he's got these two giant rod weapons. And the rods have on the ends of them a sun and a moon. And these are a reference to Mr. Shine and Mr. Bright, who have been bosses in some Kirby games since Kirby's adventure. Mr. Shine gives Cutter if Kirby eats him, and Mr. Bright gives Fire Burning... So you can guess from the names, Mr. Shine is the moon, and Mr. Bright is the sun. And for my favorite game, Kirby Superstar, they're fighting each other in Milky Way Wishes thanks to trickery by Marks, which prompts Kirby into action for that game. So Slice and Splice is one of a few monsters who actually talk in the show. He's voiced by Osamu Hosoi in the Japanese version, who has done a lot of random voices in anime. I don't really know any of them to really point out. But as far as the show goes, he's also the voice of Wispy Woods and Gus and random monsters. He's also the voice of Danny Bacon Street Fighter, that's one to note. But the English version is Ted Lewis, who we've talked about before. He's the voice of King Dedede, Escargoon, and a few others. And other shows, he's Yami Bakura in Yu-Gi-Oh! Now, the next part is King Dedede being a jerk. This, this episode has a lot of King Dedede being a jerk. Usually, he's not a very... He's, he's a selfish person who does things for his own gains, but in this one, he's more vindictive. It's very interesting to see that. And here's another instance. So, he wants to see what the monster can do, and Escargoon suggests they watch the VHS tape that they got uh, from Nightmare Enterprises, and King Dedede says, yeah, sure, go get it, go put it in. But Escargoon walks away, King Dedede decides something. You know what? We'll have Slice and Splice attack him instead. So he tells Slice and Splice to attack Escargoon instead of watching the tape, so he can see what happens. Escargoon runs away, but he loops back and runs towards King Dedede, to the point that both of them have to run away from Slice and Splice. But what happens is Slice and Splice still attacks, and he gets King Dedede and Escargoon in the attack, and he switches their heads. Now, before they realize it, they say some funny lines, and that is, King Dedede notes he feels kind of sluggish, and Escargoon says he feels a bit bloated. <laughs> I, I just love these jokes. So when the two realize what happened, they scream in shock. So back over at Cerebrum Ladylike, they notice the screams and wonder what King Dedede is screaming about now. They're saying, like, they're always losing their heads about something. <laughs> And now we see what the parents are up to. They've taped up Kirby's mouth and are trying to convince him to stop saying Fofa, but he keeps happily hopping around and saying Fofa and Falala and Falalo under the tape. So like, well, what the heck are they going to do? So it goes right back to King Dedede and Escargoon. They're put back together and they start firing insults at each other. And it's kind of amazing. Escargoon straight up says, well, that was the first time you had a good head on your shoulders. And King Dedede says back, well, it was easy to carry because there was nothing in it. <laughs> Escargoon fires back with at least he doesn't have a waist size bigger than his IQ. King Dedede laughs this off. He just laughs off the insult and compliments Slice and Splice on its ability. 
And the monster responds with a thank you. Now that's when we get to hear the monster for the first time. Thank you, sire. And it's just so surprising to hear a monster say something. This is the first time we've ever heard one besides just grunts from monsters. And so I'm like, oh, well, I got surprised the first time. I was really surprised. Like, oh, dang, I didn't expect any monsters to talk. But then King DDD decides it's time to go terrorize the town. Yep. It's time for him to be an even bigger jerk. Usually, like I said, he's usually doing something for his selfish gain, like a golf club or something, or just take out Kirby. But this time, he just wants to be entertained and he's going to ruin the town for it. Which is, you know, messed up. But this shows something when you think about it, because, well, later on when we see the origins of Fofa, is that King Dedede has been summoning monsters for years. He's been summoning them for a very long time because Tiff was a baby last time when they show that flashback, and now she's like 8 or 10. So he's been doing this for at least maybe 10 plus years, and that's not so great for everybody. And just, what happened to those monsters? And I, my theory is... Meta Knight has been secretly killing King Dedede's monsters whenever they show up, so that he just, you know, doesn't have them to terrorize people forever. That's my best theory right there, since he is a monster fighter. That's the theory I've got. But so King Dedede shows up over at Cappy Town. He's got his monster there. Everyone's like, what? And then, bam, he has him attack everybody. And the town just gets completely attacked. And the entire town's heads are on sheep. Those poor sheep. Those poor mistreated sheep are... Right now have Cappy heads on their heads, and they're on, like, random Cappy bodies. And then even more so, we've got Rick and Takori have been switched as well. Their heads are switched, they're really not happy about it, they get really annoyed, and they decide to go get Kirby to help them get changed back. Another thing is, King Diddy also had Escargoon's body switched with a sheep, just because why not? King Diddy is now has his head on the mayor's body, but who's got the King Diddy's body? And that is actually Chief Bookham. So that's funny there. And a bunch of sheep puns just happen at this point. One of the villagers says, this looks bad. And King D just laughs and says, this is unbelievable. Escargoon also says, yeah, the king's used to fleecing his subjects, but this is ridiculous. And King D also says the Cappies look pretty sheepish. Like, oh my god, all the puns are happening right now. The villagers get mad and they're like, well, we want to get changed back. The mayor says they're a furious flock. Chef Kawasaki says he loves lamb chops, but this is ridiculous. And Escargoon's like, yeah, we don't want a cow's a stampede. Chief Bookham also gets in it, because he's the bigger guy right now. He's like, look, body snatching's illegal, just switch us all back. And getting around him, King's like, hmm, he's not sure if he should uh, just keep it up or should just change things back, because he doesn't really want to have a mob on him either. But he gets convinced by Escargoon to switch them all back, with the idea that, let's just go attack Kirby, we'll put our focus on that. He's like, alright, that works. So everyone gets changed back, except Rick and Takori, because they left. So all they had to do was stick around, they would have gotten changed back. But that's not what happened. So back at the castle, Rick and Takori explain the situation to Tiff, Tuff, Falala, and Falalo. Tuff notes that they have the right heads, but with the wrong bodies, and Takori calls him Columbo. I just like the reference because it's Columbo. So Kirby shows up with his mouth still covered in tape. They're like, what's that about? And King DDD and his monsters show up, and they immediately attack Kirby. Kirby is showing aptitude here. The monster goes and swings attacks at Kirby, and Kirby actually jumps over the monster to avoid him. But unfortunately, King DDD sees what's going on, and rams Kirby with a tank, just straight up hits him with it, and it sends Kirby flying in the air. Since he's in the air, it's an easy shot, and Slice and Splice hits him with a slice, and Kirby falls to the ground and splits into two little baby Kirbys. And they're incredibly cute. Of course they are. There's one little green one, one little yellow one with a cute little pink bow. Oh my god. I gotta note the animation here, it's really cool. So when Kirby falls, he, when he bounces, he splits in two from the bounce. And then the two 
uh, fall in opposite directions and bounce off the ground and then crash into each other and are on the ground together. It just looks really cool. It's a really nice sequence. Nicely done on the animation there. I like it a lot. It just looks good. Escargoon notes that it turned Kirby into a boy and a girl. And so Escargoon and King Dedede both imagine the other as a male and a female version, and they cringe at the thought of the girl version, because in their imagination, the girl version does a kiss uh, kiss throw at them. It's like, ugh. <laughs> so King Dedede orders Slice and Splice to keep cutting Kirby until he's obliterated. Here's the thing. We could have uh, Mass Attack Kirby right there. <laughs> but Falala and Fulalo rush into action and pull the little Kirbys to safety. So now we've kind of got a hunt going on here. King Dedede with Escargoon and Slice and Splice go into the castle to look for them, and they're hiding at the moment. So Falala and Fulalo are hiding with the mini Kirbys, and Fulalo notices that the minis look very similar to them. They're not blue and pink, but they are two different colors, and the girl has their same ribbon as Falala. They then lament again that at least these little guys know where they came from, while they don't know where they came from at all. It's very on the nose, though, but they, they're not figuring it out just yet. The monster gets close, so Falalo decides they need to each take a Kirby and split up. Falala doesn't like the idea at first, but it's the only thing they can do, so they split up. But both telling each other to be careful. It's pretty sweet. Nice characterization. So we've got King Dedede and Slice and Splice. They see Falalo, so they chase him. Leskargoon chases Falala. And what follows is one of the best sequences in Kirby right back at you so far. I really like this a lot. And uh, it's, it's just great. So I'm going to try my best to describe it, but watching it is really good. So what happens at this point is Bololo goes over to like a balcony area in the castle, like a lookout, and he flies up to the rooftop. They didn't see him do that part, but they go out there and they're looking for him. So he sits up on the rooftop with a little green Kirby, and he's just looking down to make sure they don't see him. And so little green Kirby leans over to look and slips and starts rolling off the roof. And because he's Kirby, he's smiling the whole way because Kirby just always is happy. And Bololo quickly rushes down to catch him, and he catches him just before he hits the ground. But he ends up directly behind King Dedede. And now we've got this classic uh, comedy routine going on here, where King Dedede's looking around behind him, he's reaching around, he's trying to... He thinks there's something behind him, so he's just looking around, but he's not finding them, because they're constantly moving behind him as well. But there's a thing! Slice and Splice is there too, and he was watching the whole thing, so uh-oh! So, Slice and Splice goes for the attack when King Dedede turns around to grab Fololo, and right when that happens, Fololo dodges, the Slice comes down, and Fololo gets out of there. And then we see a green King Dedede say, go get him. And then a yellow King Dedede says, go get him as well. And they realize, oh god, they got split up. Which is just a funny little thing. And they get put back together off camera. And now, the chase is on. So now we get really intense chase music as Fololo and Falala are being chased all over the place. And we keep getting a shot in the area in the corridors where they're being chased from left to right across the screen. Now... Uh, other version of this you would see most of the time would be like a, a series of doors in a hallway, and they'd go across going towards the doors, opening and closing different doors and stuff like that. Or they'd just be openings, and that's what this is right here. There's like three or four rows, and they're running across them back and forth. And every now and then it cuts different scenes, where you got Falala flying for her life away from the monster. You've got Falala doing the same thing, running for his life away from King Dedede. They're hiding behind statues. Just a bunch of things are happening. But it also keeps cutting back to that corridor, we just see a bunch of the characters just running around. And at times, which is a gag from Scooby-Doo, because that's where this comes from, we'll see multiples of the same characters on the screen at the same time during this chase, because that's just what they did, and it's just a hilarious thing. It's a hilarious homage to the chase scene in Scooby-Doo. That's really what it is, and I love it so much. It's nice nostalgia as well for me. But eventually, at the end of the chase, we end up with 
the four of them, Falala, Falalo, and the little Kirby's behind a gold statue of King Dedede, with King Dedede looking around, and they drop it right on him. They drop it right on King Dedede, knocks him out. But unfortunately, they're now trapped between Escargoon and the monster. The pair resolve to protect the mini Kirby's, and right as they're about to get hit with a swing from uh, the monster, the monster realizes, wait, they're Fufa! So the monster explains, and there's a flashback here as well as what's going on, that is, Fofa was a flying monster, and that's all he was. But he did, also didn't like hurting people. So Nightmare Enterprises sold off Fofa and split him in two so they could charge King Dedede double. King Dedede didn't think they were worth anything, they thought they were worthless, and he dumped them on Cerebrum and Lady Like and had them take care of them. But they're like, well, we, have, we already have a mouth to feed right now. He says, well, luckily they don't have mouths, and he laughs and walks away. And that right there is their origin. Slice and Splice says, the moon rod is what he used to cut them in half. So they're like, oh, we now know our origin. And now they're really happy about that. And the two little Kirby's start yelling Fofa. Like they're happily saying Fofa and Fofa. And it's very cute. It's always cute. And now they got their origin. They're really happy to know that they used to be one person. They now know that they're not twins. They're not this or that. They're one person. And now they got to figure out how the heck they're going to get back together. Because now they found the monster who did it to them. So with the pair of them celebrating about knowing their origin, King Dedede uses this time to recover, and now he's back up and ready to do some damage. And something interesting happens. That is, Tiff and Tuff were listening the whole time. So they now know their origin, and they figure that since the moon rod can cut them in half, the sun rod must be what is used to put them back together, since his name's Slice and Splice after all. So that's what's going to happen. So Falala and Falala decide they're going to attack Slice and Splice so they can become one again. King Dedede lunges at the Mini Kirby's, and Tiff and Tuff rush to help. All this happens at the same time. The Mini Kirby's jump over King Dedede and run away. Falala and Falalo are flying around and just making uh, Slice and Splice miss a bunch of attacks. And Tiff and Tuff are running there, of course. So the, the Mini Kirby's end up over at Escargoon. He's going to go grab them. Tiff and Tuff dropkick Escargoon. They straight up take him out with a dropkick. They run over and bam, take him out. So the kids come back and they go grab the mini Kirby's and King Dedede's like, no, drop them. They're mine. They're mine to take out. Drop the Kirby's. But when that happens, thankfully, Falala and Falalo, who had been fighting Slice and Splice, knock him off balance and push him onto King Dedede to, to just crush him. So they, they grab the Kirby's, they get out of there and they get the Sunrod. So Tiff and Tuff both have a Kirby. And Fala and Falalo have the sunrod, and they run up the stairs. So we've got all of them together. They're running up the stairs. They're trying to get to the top of the castle ramparts. And here's a key thing. Falala and Falalo resolve to save Kirby before they save themselves. So they make it to the cannons that are on the ramparts, and they stop there. They put the Kirby's down. And the Kirby's like, huh, what's going on? And then, splat! They crush the Kirby's with the sunrod. After all this, I'm counting this as a Kirby beating because... Ouch. So the Kirby's get crushed, and they come back together in a swirl and become Kirby again, and he's all happy and cute as always. But now it's time for the monster fight. So Slice and Splice shows up first, and he rushes at them. Tiff tells Kirby that he knows what to do, because he's better at this point, jeez. And they get out of the way so Kirby can fight the monster, and Kirby goes for the suck! And the monster tries to maintain his footing. He's like, he's trying to hold back, trying not to get sucked in. But then the monster decides, you know what? If Kirby wants it so bad, then he can take it. So he jumps up to attack Kirby with the moon rod. But Kirby does something very clever. Kirby stops sucking. And because he does that, the monster falls short and hits the ground, and the moon rod falls out. 
and Kirby sucks the moon rod into his mouth. The whole thing. It's huge. He sucks it all up. It's all in there. And he becomes Cutter Kirby. And it's like, well, it's too bad Man Knight's not here. He's not going to be able to explain what this power is about. And wait, what? Is that Mexican guitar? Yes, it is. Man Knight shows up specifically to explain Kirby's new power. He's been nowhere to be seen, and now he shows up out of nowhere just to explain the power. In the Japanese version, he explains the power a bit more. He tells you what the attacks are. In the American version, he just explains what the power is, and then we see the attacks come out. But something interesting is, in the American version, they're like, good job, Kirby. In the Japanese version, they note that Kirby's getting smarter, because Kirby just tricked the monster. That's something I wish they, they kept in the English version is, yeah, noting that Kirby's getting smarter is a pretty good thing to keep in mind. Kirby's getting better at what he's doing. And here's the thing, I realize I've never described the hats. I've never described any of the hats before, like, I never explained what Fire Kirby looks like, or what Rock Kirby looks like, so I'll explain what Cutter Kirby looks like. Picture kind of like a cute little duck, like a yellow duck, and picture it as a hat. Like, the bill is the bill of the hat, and it's got eyes on the front of the, of the hat, and it's got wings on the side. These are white wings, though, while the rest of it's yellow. But then, over the top of it is just a blade. Kind of like, a, like it'd be like a mohawk on a, on a duck across its body. It's like a blade. And what Kirby can do is he can pull off the blade off of his hat and throw it like a cutter blade, boomerang. And Kirby does that. He goes ahead and grabs it and throws it, and it cuts off one of Slice and Splice's arms. But Kirby can also use it as just a weapon blade. So after cutting off an arm, Kirby grabs it in his hand, and he jumps at the monster and cuts him in half. The monster just didn't really get to do much against Kirby because he has no weapons at this point. Kirby just wrecks him. And Midnight explains the boomerang's called Cutter Boomerang, and Kirby's attack forward is called the Final Cutter. In Smash Brothers, you do these attacks as well, with uh, the up B. And, yeah, they don't get called in the English version. So the monster's defeated and everyone celebrates. It's cut in half on the ground, with one of its arms cut off as well. He's just straight up wrecked. Rick and Takori are there celebrating as well, and they're like, well, can you put us back together? And they're like, alright, so Kirby throws his blade and cuts them? <laughs> And they hit him with the rod, and they're back together as the regular Rick and Takori, so good for them. And now it's time to go combine Falala and Falolo. And just as Tiff is about to swing down the rod to turn them back into Fofa, the monster blows up! It straight up explodes, and with the explosion, uh, the stone rod gets destroyed. It's like, oh dang. And so King Dean and Escargoon finally show up, and they see the aftermath, and they're like, oh, old Slice's splash just didn't make the cut, and DDD starts crying. Tiff and Tuff are sad they can't recombine the pair, but Falala and Falalo are okay with this. They know who they are now. They may be two, but they have one heart. Aww. Then we get the ending scene, which is incredibly cute. I say cute a lot because it is. We get Kirby calling the word Fofa. He's like, they're Fofa. Like, he just says Fofa and just floats in the air because they float too. And Tiff just goes like, what, that's it? You should be thanking them, Kirby. They did save your life. And Kirby just doesn't understand what she's talking about, because it's Kirby. But Falala and Falalo say it's okay, and they play with Kirby, who says Fofa, but then gets corrected, and then Kirby says Falala and Falalo. And it's just cute. Oh my god, is it cute. And that's the end of the episode. I really like this episode. It's definitely one of my favorites so far. I don't know if it's my number one. Just thinking back, I really enjoyed this one a lot. Not sure if it's the number one, but it's really good. We get a bunch of background on some characters, it builds up the world some more. We'll get some mini, we get some cute mini Kirby's as well, and a bunch of characters are involved. I just really like the chase scene, it's very funny, it's very intense, and Kirby was clever in combat, that's a good thing as well. 
There's just so much good in this episode. I'm just really happy with this one, and guess what? Episode 10's gonna be really good, 11's gonna be good, 12's gonna be good, 13's gonna be good. Episode 14 will not be, and the reason for that is episode 14 will have some stuff in there that's enjoyable, but like 80% of that episode is a clip show. So I don't know how we're gonna handle the clip show, but that is an episode right there. So that right there is the podcast. I really like this episode a lot. Next episode will center around Chief Bookham, and it's really good. Oh man, is it good. As always, if you have feedback, please let us know in the comments on YouTube or directly on Twitter at either at LostGarf or at Kirby Dreamcast. And if you're new and didn't know, we have these podcasts currently on YouTube and Podbean. We're going to try to get on other places eventually as well. And the advantage to the YouTube version is that sometimes we put clips up for you to see stuff from the show, so there's that as well. And yeah, but of course if you want to just listen to it, you got Podbean for that, and as always, we're doing this every two weeks, and there's just going to be more and more episodes, and I can't wait to see what we talk about as we go, and what we learn about as we go as well. This is a very enjoyable show, I'm liking it a lot. Oh man, is it good. So that's the podcast, I had fun talking, hope you had fun watching and listening, whichever, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks coming by, and see you next time. (laughs) 